Welcome to Fat Man Beyond. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Mark Bernard. 3A! 300th time, kids. 300th time. Episode 300. This is Fat Man! And then we kick someone in a well. (laughs) Welcome, kids, on a Sunday evening on the East Coast, Sunday afternoon. Brunch edition. (laughs) Fat Man Beyond Brunch. Yes, we're having a siesta podcast. Um, this is a special day, ladies and gentlemen. A special day calls for a special sponsor. That's right. Indeed. Uh, the good, you see this? This is a fucking party right here. <laughs> they're not the sponsor. They're not the sponsor. <laughs> but you know who brought it to us? The good folks at DoorDash. Yes, yes they did. That's right. You could order food. You could order whatever you want to eat. Put in your body in a good way, positive way. Like, yeah, and they'll bring you booze. If you if you if you want to celebrate, if you're having a celebration, bitches, call DoorDash. They'll bring you the go-go juice. Uh, DoorDash allows you to order food right to your door from any number of ten thousand or more restaurants uh, that will bring the food to you, put it at your doorstep. Not even talk to you because we live in a fucking completely asocial world. Now. Indeed. I mean, if you have erected a nice plexiglass barrier between you and the outside world, Got just one of these. roll it like a bank. Just did be they, like, Did you see Lindsey Grant? What was the guy's name? Was Sharon, Sharon? Oh yeah, Jamie Harrison. And he brought Grant. one of these Smart dude. <laughs> to his debate where he's like, I don't know where you've been, dude. And he put one of these like, up. Hold on. Are you one of them spreader Republicans just hanging out having COVID parties? All that says to me is, what's his name? Jamie Harrison? Yep. Vote him because this guy watches Fat Man Beyond. <laughs> he saw a good idea and he took it into his own work, man. And I respect that. He's Indeed. like fucking Chris Hemsworth. Remember Chris Hemsworth listening to the podcast? And then Thor Ragnarok got better. I heard on the Kevin Smith podcast, we'll make his shite movies. The That's best Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth you'll ever hear oh, it's on amazing. this show. I don't know what that was. Um, DoorDash, though, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what they got. Right now, mm-hmm. our listeners get five dollars off of their order and if you order something for 10 bucks five that's coming off and zero delivery fees that's the important part yes for the first order of 15 dollars or more oh so i was wrong about the 10 a little bit i was gonna correct you but then i figured you'd get there you know what a good friend he let me hang out there and he's like he'll get to it he's he's reading i know how reading works (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna hit the next sentence everything's gonna be a lot more clear uh when you download the doordash app and you enter the code very important fat man all one word. Look, this is easily going to be a two-hour show. So if I'm yeah. you, go to DoorDash right now while we're sitting here talking. Do I want sushi? Do I want uh, Indian food? Would I like some Chinese What food? do I want to watch these guys too? What's going to feel good in my tum-tum is these dudes like fucking tell me all the shit that's coming in the future. Oh, Maybe dude. have special guests. We don't have any. But <laughs> like, you don't know yet. Could be anything. DoorDash should have like a food sommelier. Who can tell you what pairs well with what you're watching? Oh my God. Could you imagine? Like, I'm watching a podcast. He's like, oh, well, that's more about the ears. Close your eyes and have a nice helping of hummus from. <laughs> <laughs> dot, you don't dot, want dot. a loud food. You want a soft food. You're not crunching a lot while you're watching it. So, yes, maybe a nice, I don't know, soup, gazpacho, perhaps, ceviche. I don't know. I think my friend is on to something. DoorDash? We need a DoorDash sommelier. And he's volunteering. I'm just saying. Could you imagine? You could do that from home, too. Fuck. Yeah. But you'd have to be on call all the time. So even if we're doing the show, it'd be like, bring, and you got to be like, hold on. Hello, Jessica Edwards. (laughs) Yes. What are you doing? Oh, you're watching that fucking Charlize Theron movie on Netflix that our buddy did. Uh, Hmm. 
All right. Uh, Greek food. I think she's a, she was a legendarily Greek uh, heroine. Or KFC pairs well with everything. I got a show to do. Bye. <laughs> I like that suddenly I'm the movie phone guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Somalia Chat. And sooner or later, I'm like, look, Mark can't do the show anymore because as you can see, <laughs> a good idea is a good idea, but it's taken over. Yeah. Uh, episode 301 and we're done because he's just all the fucking time on the app. 301 and done. Mm. Um, listen, listen, kids. DoorDash is waiting for you right now. You're going to get five bucks off of the order. Don't forget that code is FATMAN, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. That's the app that brings you to food. Yes. You hungry? You, you want food? You want it to be good? They'll bring it to you. <laughs> no more rhyming. I mean, no, I ran out of rhymes. Anybody want a peanut? DoorDash will bring you that peanut. Ordering is so fucking easy, man. You open the DoorDash app. Listen to these instructions. Mm. You choose what you want to eat. Tell them what to do. Self-explanatory. Uh, and uh, you can, uh, and your, your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. 300,000 partners, dude, in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. Wow. We got people watching all over the fucking globe. Fuck yeah. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Chipotle. Thank you. There we go. Wendy's. Wendy's. <laughs> Is that how you say it? <laughs> or Cheesequake Factory. Um, uh, yes. Cheesecake Factory. Could you imagine? You're like, I can order from 300,000 places. Let me get some cheesecake factory. <laughs> <I> also, <laughs> Sometimes you do. I've done it. I appreciate the exit 123 and the Garden State Parkway reference. Okay. Cheese quake. Cheese quake. You can pick that up. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's Jersey right there. Jersey. If you know back home, cheese quake <laughs> is where you go to get some gas, uh, do a person exchange, like I'm dropping off your niece and I got to fucking meet you halfway at cheese quake. Hostage. <laughs> or yeah, get rid of a body because they've got some weeds there as well. Nothing good happens in cheese. Those ketchup packets that Christopher Maltesanti was living off of in yes. the Pine Barrens. You've probably seen it many times <laughs> in The Sopranos. Christopher. <laughs> and that's what we think of when we think of DoorDash. Cheesequake. <laughs> Cheesequake tastes good. Um, what are you waiting for, man? Like, if tonight's the night. You want to celebrate 300 episodes of Fat Man Beyond? DoorDash it right now. You get yourself some DoorDash. And you're doing us a solid. DoorDash is like, hey, look at that. I went up during their what, time. What should well, we get DoorDash to us? What would you like? What a fucking good idea. More liquor. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a party. Um, I, well, you know what? We'll do that off camera. We'll have uh, JC orders. There you go. DoorDash. That's fucking smart. See? We got two hours here. Then man. it'll be like, that's what we did with your ad money. We bought fucking food <laughs> to feed ourselves. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're ordering some DoorDash. We're yeah. telling you to do it. Yeah, just come to the, the closed bar on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, DoorDash is like, is this it? Yeah, go down the alley. When you see the pile of human shit, <laughs> knock on that door. <laughs> is that I'm what that flies. is? Is that what we saw outside, JC? It can't be a dog, right? No. Yeah, that oh, log yeah. was fucking huge. Oh, and did you see the big fucking like hornet's nest of flies? Just yes. Helping? Oh, they, was... I was fighting them to get into the door. <laughs> and then they're like, why would we go in there? We got everything we need right here. We door dashed in yum. some shit. Yes, those fuckers <laughs> ordered right to the door. They left it there, contactless. We'll have them deliver our shit to the front door, I assure yes, you. Yes, please. And our shit will be edible by more than flies because DoorDash has 300,000 edible restaurant partners all over the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia. And another place Canada. as well. Canada. How could we forget that? <laughs> DoorDash. There's only two fucking D's in this world that matter. DoorDash, ladies and gentlemen. They are the proud sponsor of Fat Man Beyond episode 300. 
Indeed. Give them your love. Huzzah. All right, we done? I think so. This is how you even get a party, man. Ooh. My first uh, Bud Light Seltzer, not a sponsor, but boy, they better jump on board soon. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have a problem. Last time I had one of these, I had a good time. I remember. Look at you. You're working a fucking Guinness. I'm working shit. a fucking because we're celebrating. That's you? true, man. Orirish style. Indeed. Uh, here we go. Don't 300. What, uh, what are they? Anybody. Solange? No. What are they? Uh, Lachayim. Lachayim. Slanta. Slanta. Get slanted. <laughs> Slanta. Cheers. Oh, my God. That doesn't taste like alcohol at all. I think I'll have nine more sips. Mm, this did. I'm going to sip that like a soup. If I was any kind of man, mm. I'd have punctured a hole. <laughs> shotgunned it? Yes. <laughs> shotgunned it for show 300. I, Maybe I we'll do that with the mango. The least manly drink in the world. Like, I'm a fucking shotgun. Look at that shit. <laughs> They're like, did you just shotgun a hard <laughs> seltzer? Yes, I did. Next, I'm all man. <laughs> um, 300, man. What, uh, Mark, uh, yes. What what is your take on the journey thus far? I have been podcasting for quite some time. I think it's in February of l last year. Well, in February of this year, it's going to be 14 years. Wow. You joined the podcasting uh, journey, particularly this one, for Fat Man Beyond about mm. when? Do you remember? Uh this would have been to aught what? Aught. Wasn't an aught? It would 13? have to be, right? No. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was like 13. Because I had moved out here by then. That, and that made it possible to go on the regular. Oh, no, fuck. I don't remember. JC, check out the Wikipedia page and see when it started, when Mark jumped on and stuff. Yeah. Now, uh, you have... This was my first regular podcasting gig. Before anything. Else. Before anything. Like my first podcast appearance ever was on Plus One with you and The Jen. morning show. The morning show. Because I was in LA um, for a stretch on the first season of Alpha. We used to do Sir, Smodcast Internet Radio. And we did the morning shows. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I hopped on that some, some like 8 a.m. some morning. Like, come to the house. We're doing a podcast. Come be a guest. Okay, sure. <clears throat> and then like a year later, I think I had moved out there, a year and a half. And then we did Fat Man. And then we did Fat Man on Batman. We did the uh, the commentary tracks. We did the Dark Knight Returns. <clears throat> and then we oh, kept man. doing, and then we started doing like the version with JC. Remember we shot it at right. Greg's place? Well, first we shot it at your place. We just put cameras up in your office. We put a couple GoPros up. At the office? Yeah. Which office? Your house. In Before the, we went to Greg's? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did it in your office. We had like a little, the little <clears throat> desk cameras. And then we went, then you guys, I think we, then we did, did Defy. Defy in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And this then, show's been around, man. Like and then we, we bumped around. We did it at Greg's. And right. then we moved back to the living room. And then we moved right. here in September 2017. Wow. So we've been here for... Three, three years. years this has been the home of fat man beyond right here the scum and villainy yeah so we were wandering in the wild for a while looking for a place to call home this is where it became and when did we become fat man beyond that was after the heart attack right and i lost weight yeah. and i was like we can't really call it fat man on batman anymore <laughs> yeah we, let's and leave the fat man though. felt kind of like false advertising <laughs> looks like the first episode was june 1st 2012 of, of Fat Man on Batman. Fat Man on Batman. Period. Wow. <laughs> so the show is like over eight years old, yeah. and now we're at episode 300. But Mark, you've been around for a minute. I started what on are the big differences? 
Um, I started in like episode seventy something. Maybe. Yes. Um, I mean, I think the big differences are the initial iteration of the podcast was you and a guest talking specifically about Batman. Yeah. For a good long while. Um, you know, rotating guests and some more than one episode, and you know, occasionally there would just be like a Kev smoke and talk about Batman. Um, and then when I came on, I fucked it up <laughs> because it became less specifically about Batman, even though at the very beginning it was, let's watch Gotham and, uh, and then let's talk about what's happening in the world. Let's go to the utility belt and we'll just talk about, you know, rando pop culture shit for, that's right. At a certain point, the utility be belt became the entire show because Gotham, uh, wasn't enough to sustain a weekly conversation. Believe it or not, kids, there was a time <laughs> when there wasn't a lot of Batman going on. There wasn't a lot of superheroes on TV. Like, what's-his-name was done, Nolan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was no hint of Batfleck yet. <clears throat> no. And then that came down the road. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm sure there's some people like, man, I miss when you would just interview people about, like, Batman and stuff. Um, which could always still be done, but I can kind of go where my interests and passions lie. And if I was so still interested in that, we would still be doing that. I'd mm. still be interviewing people, doing deep dives on Batman. As the show evolved to what it is, that's what I became more interested in. I'm like, oh, I'd, like, I'd much rather talk about all of this stuff and Batman could be a, a part of it and whatnot. And then, um, <clears throat> and now we're here. I remember the first time, like, hey, all right, uh, Come on, Fat Man on Batman, you'd be a guest. Uh, just think of your 10 favorite Batman moments. And I was like, all right, cool. And I made that list. And then you're like, oh, fuck it. No, let's uh, let's do a commentary track for Dark Knight Returns. We'll do the Batman moments later. So, okay. We never did the Batman moments. <laughs> do you save them still? I think they're still on my desktop somewhere on my computer at home. But, but that's that's what's beautiful about you. You're nimble. I'm nimble. You could pivot. Sure. All right, man, let's do a commentary <laughs> track. What you got? <laughs> what... Um, what has it been like for for you over the course of since you've joined the show? What has changed? Like, what's changed for you? Um, I mean, personally, almost everything. You know, like before I was you, on the show, you moved out here. I moved out here, uh, and when I moved out here, I was still a journalist, and I was a journalist for you know the first couple of years of the podcast right. right working for the hollywood reporter i think i might have been at playboy for a stretch while i was here and then the la times you were yeah um so and then the shift into writing the stuff that we usually talk about you know like and that was a massive major life change yeah um and then just the 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 evolution of being comfortable talking about shit in front of people like i've never been like bashful about it or afraid of it but also never engaged in it or had a desire to do it right you know i'd moderated panels at, at comic book conventions and then got the the chance to stand in front of thousands of people and talk about stuff but it was never about me it was always about facilitating a conversation very true i was one of those people you facilitated indeed. a conversation with indeed and like it's that's fun especially because nobody's there to see you and your job is to be somewhat invisible and kind of just like you guys talk and i'm gonna ask a question every three minutes if you're doing your jobs well um, but to then be the reason why people are showing up in any slight sliver percentage. That's, that's the real brownstone right that's, there. <laughs> that's the oh. real, you know, smoke it while you got it. Yeah. Um, and so that, that feeling of being comfortable. That's that in moment in, in, uh, was train spotting when the girl's getting the fucking 
heroin. She's like, that's better than any fucking cock <laughs> in the world. Uh, yeah, and it's and and that level of comfort, I think, being quote unquote on stage, that level of comfort in um, kind of flying without a map. Right. You know, like, sure, I got shit written down here, but the, a lot of this is whatever you would call improv. And Very much not that so. We're we, don't, to... we don't sit here and go like, all right, so you say this, I'm going to say this. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's as informal as it seems. You know, and so being comfortable. So much that... so that sometimes JC don't turn the mics on the first few minutes of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're just entertaining one another. Um, and I think learning that level of comfort in, in trusting both myself and 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 you and just being able to to roll with stuff has helped me immensely in the going into meetings in fucking hollywood and like all right i gotta talk on my feet for a bit i can do that mm -hmm. i gotta pitch this for you for two and a half you know for for an hour all right no i can walk you through it and i i, I have the confidence now that i might not have had before that i know kind of how it's gonna go or at the very least that i'll find a place to land you know you're also a brand now which is super weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> something that I got accustomed to like early on and stuff. But for you, that was something probably not mm. in the offing or cards. Most writers are anonymous. You know, they're known by their peers, known by the people that hire them. But as you were back in the day in terms of like, oh, here's Judd Apatow, Kevin Smith, Zack Snyder, Frank Miller. You're happy to present people. When you're in the Mark Bernard business, you're presenting yourself and so i over the course of like the last few years it's been funny to see your name in print <laughs> usually surrounded by or near fat man beyond mark <laughs> bernard and stuff like that um you yeah you become your own known entity yeah which is profoundly weird you know because i, I had never desired for it wanted it chased it mm -hmm. but there's a there's a very small part of my life which is now people knowing more about me than i know about them weird right it's super mm -hmm. weird and like people having information about you before you walk in the room and not because they did research you know because sure every meeting i go into somebody has some sense of who i am why i'm walking in their room but just like being in a fucking airport and somebody's like hey man how are you it's like right whoa simmer down this is a little odd. knowing your you're knowing your family's names knowing like Oh, how's Picard going? You know, and shit like that. Like being able to speak to you on a personal level where you can like, oh, like, mm -hmm. great. But you don't have the ability to be like, and how is your thing? <laughs> Whatever it may be. Yeah. And so, so much of that, you know, has been A, a little weird and, and B, incredibly like wonderful and gratifying in, in an odd way. Um, and the only way I figured out how to navigate it is to just do what you do because you do it about as well as anybody I've seen, which very is- sweet you know, treat everybody with respect and with kindness and, and everybody who was giving you any amount of their time is worth that same amount of your time. And I think that that's a, that's a valuable lesson period in life is so just true. be fucking nice to people, be kind to people. If you're having the shittiest day in the world, you can break off a minute and be nice to somebody. Cause that could change everything. Like yeah. fucking, you can be in the middle of fucking the hell on earth day. And then somebody says something powerful to you about stuff you've made in the past you know put you right back on the on the good foot and whatnot you mm -hmm. know it goes a thousand ways what the bible say whatever you give out comes back to you sevenfold and you know i don't put much stock in that book beyond <laughs> you know the simple morality tales it's filled with but i always like that idea mm. um and i don't give out hoping for sevenfold but you just you know 
you get what you give, man. Yeah. So if you give people your time, guess what? You get their time. And most of the people that I'm interacting with have already given me their time. I want more of their fucking time. So naturally, I'm like, tell me everything about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's, but, those are, it's, it, you, you realize like how important um, people whose names, some you'll know, come to know by name personally and whatnot, like, you know, Jamie, obviously, come to know Deacon while well, I've known him for years and stuff, but Nate mm-hmm. does all our artwork on our shows and stuff. Why would we come to know him? Just by sitting here, familiarity and whatnot, chit-chatting after shows and stuff. It's, you know, you're talking to people who give you a lot of their time. Every fucking show we did here, that table had the same people sitting at it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, I'll have nothing but time for those cats for the rest of my life, you know, and same with anyone that's like, Oh, I like your shit. Oh, I heard this shit. Oh, I like when you guys do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that I tell my kids this all the time that as, as you get older, your world will get bigger, you know? And when you're a kid, your world is insular. It's just a house. And when you go to school, it becomes your classmates. When you go to big school, there's more people. When you get a job, it's bigger. And then the older you get, you begin to focus on more of that world. Mm. Um, and when you get to be a parent, then you're not just focused on yourself and your friends and now your family, but the world at large that your child will eventually walk into. Mm. And this experience has, has exploded that world even further, which now not just me, not just my family, not just my friends, but now strangers on the internet are people that I do care about, yeah. that, I, that I want to know that they're okay. And then when they come, you know, interact with me on, on the social medias or in, in person, whatever it is. Like that sense that we're all okay, right? That's we're, we're good. You're good. You need anything? If I can help you in any way, within reason, and set some limits, but still, like I'm invested in your well-being, even if I've never met you before, because Special. you seem to be invested in mine for reasons that are, that are beyond my comprehension. So, at the very least, I give a shit. This is, this is Mark's morning after Scrooge, right? Like, <laughs> Here, boy, go buy a goose. Like, buy a fine goose. Here's fucking, could you imagine throwing a kid $400 expecting to get a goose back? <laughs> that's that's the most unbelievable part of the book. I'll buy the three ghosts mm. and Jacob Marley. I'll buy all that shit. But some fucking poor kid is handed a bunch of gold and he's like, yeah, I'm going to come back with a goose. Fuck you, old man. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know your fucking name. That boy got on a boat, went to a place called America and became <laughs> J.P. Morgan. <laughs> and you know what he and didn't do? Give people money for goose. Fuck no. He's like, a penny <laughs> saved is a penny here. I don't know if he came up with that, but whatever. <laughs> Um, it's been a blast and hopefully it gets to continue to be a blast. One of my favorite things about this show, and we joke about it all the time, but I absolutely do adore it is I got into this business because I wanted to self-express, but the byproduct of that is relevancy. Mm. Um, what you learn pretty quickly once you become known is, oh, I want that feeling to continue forever because if it ever dips below a certain point again, <laughs> then I'm, I'm back where I was before I was quote-unquote well-known or whatever like that. So um, relevancy matters. Now, I'm not the kind of guy that chases relevancy with the work that he does, you know, like or, or earns relevancy <laughs> by the work that he does. Chris Nolan, relevant. Kevin Smith, still talking about clerks, you know. So... <laughs> Every once in a while, he pulls a fucking curveball out. But there's a, you know, relevancy is like one of my favorite things, but also like my Achilles heel. And whenever we do a show, 
I don't know how long it's been going on. Maybe somebody could go do the research. But for years now, comicbook.com, comic book resources, all of the comic book, you know, comic book Twitter likes this show and respects this show. And even if we don't have any true news and all the news is him reading news from somebody else, it's reassuring for whatever reason coming from us. It has some weird, bizarre validation because like, well, they talked about it on the show. <laughs> Um, and that has made the difference because, you know, whenever we do the show for the next week, I see in my feed pop up articles about, you know, uh, well, they said on Fat Man Beyond. And, <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's really nice. It's not why I did it. it. Wasn't one of the goals where it's like, I want this fucking show to be an authority <laughs> on things or, you know, be quoted and stuff. But that it happened like now I would hate to see it go away. It's one of my favorite things things about it man i mean so, you're like you're like nerd cronkite like cronkite we was, a, was a newsman but like he wasn't like interviewing people he wasn't breaking news people would bring him the news they give him the copy and he yeah. just read it and like that you would you would trust that if cronkite said it it was vetted because he wouldn't say shit that he didn't think was valid but he wasn't fucking like out there pounding pavement like breaking stories mm. he's just reading the copy that's in front of him and so, like, yeah, we didn't. Right now, we just lost the Walter Cronkite audience. Yes. Like, he was a lot more than that. <laughs> I, I saw Good Man and Good Luck, you son of a bitch. And I know he was a newsman of American <laughs> stature. He cried the day Kennedy died, you monsters. Yeah. Somebody told him Kennedy died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <the> copy. <laughs> here, here. Yeah. It's like, is this real? Like, yeah, yeah, Walt. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Um, so like, and on the rare occasion we do break news when it's like, Hey, there apparently is a Joel Schumacher cut of Batman forever. It's literally broke news. Yeah. Man. And then it becomes, Oh, Oh shit. This is, well, damn. Okay, cool. It's been nice having that. Yeah. It's a nice little piece of credibility. One more fucking, you know, arrow in the quiver, just in case mm. be able to pull out, defend yourself against, uh, uh, What's the thing I'm worried about all the time? Irrelevant. Irrelevancy. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, there's that word. He who shall not be named. Shopping for a prefix. <laughs> um, thank you, though, to everybody, the audience that tunes in, people who are here watching on YouTube, watch on on uh, on Facebook, who listen to the actual podcast and stuff like that. Thanks for making us a fucking thing. Because some cool shit's come from it. We've gotten to go to things we were never going to go to and see things we weren't ever going to see early because of this dippy show. Yeah, I we I, we got to fucking hit the road for a little bit when there was a road you could hit. We could go up on stages and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm in I'm in Cleveland now? That's cool. Yeah, remember remember we went to Detroit for the Freep uh-huh at Film Fest and and like did Fat Man Beyond at the that giant the barn at the Fillmore. Yeah, fuck. That was nuts. We went to tiny towns in in Canada. St. John, remember that little fishing village? Yes, yes. For In Fundy Newfoundland, Fest? yes. That was great. We've been around, man. We've been around. And we ain't going nowhere. No. When, when, when the this... world orients itself again. Yeah. Back on the road. When COVID's dead, we'll be fucking right in your faces again. <laughs> With branded masks. <laughs> Fat man beyond. <laughs> Do you guys think the show helped you get like the Masters of the Universe on Netflix? Even if not directly, because you guys work together so closely here that they're like, oh, Mark's doing stuff. Oh, and Kevin. Oh, and they're friends. Let's bring the team. I'll in. tell you what. It, I did it help. I honestly think it did help in as much as like this helped cement. Oh, he's like in that space and he talks about that shit. And he like, you know, it just solidified a reputation. But what helped Masters. <gasps> 
of the universe was sitting next to Mark all this time and going like, God damn it, you're a good storyteller. So when it came time to be in charge of the story, and mind you, we would sit here and be like, why don't anyone give us a Netflix show? <laughs> Dear Netflix, where's our show? So once somebody was like, here's a Netflix show, I was smart enough to be like, well, he knows how to tell fucking stories. And, you know, I just uh, did a watch with Tim, one of our writers. So it was me and Mark and Eric and Tim and Dia. Dia. So Tim came over to watch all of the animatics. And so far there are nine um, because he's going to be working on uh, the comic book. Mm -hmm. So Tim came in to like see everything from uh, top to bottom. And he was just like, oh, my God, three is so fucking good. I was like, right. That was mine. Um, so it, it's standing next to him for years and going like, that's fucking good. Like, oh my God, I want to watch your movie. Like made it easy as fuck when I had somebody to pull. I was like, I know a fucking writer and stuff. Um, and I do feel like this is a one more platform to be out there. Like, you know, on Hollywood Babylon, we would do geek news, but nobody thinks of Hollywood Babylon as like a geek show. It's like comedy, like, you know, um, a, a nightclub show. Um, this actually oddly became a backdoor news show and then it became a full on news show, which because like we're in it every week going, here's what's coming out. Here's what we like. Uh, what about this? What if they did this? You just start becoming a like, oh, they're 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 well fucking read in this world. Um, it was one more, you know, fucking again, arrow in the quiver for me so that. I think it it had to help because when they reached out to me, when Mattel did, and even like when they brought me into Netflix, it was like, oh, fucking Kevin Smith, of course. And I don't have anything in my work that says Masters. You, you don't watch Clerks or Mallrats and go, oh, that guy could do fucking Motu. It's all of this that, you know, fucking makes him go like, oh, well, he's definitely well-versed in this stuff. And I'll tell you, man, like, that Motu miniseries is like one of the things I'm most proudest of anything I've been involved with in my career because it it's its own unique thing. It don't look like anything I've ever done. It looks like the thing that we know from childhood, but then grown up and stuff like that. And I, I do believe that it had something to do with getting this job yeah. or getting that job. I mean, I've, I've absolutely had, you know, interactions with people that I had never met before who only knew me from the podcast mm -hmm. who were like, hey, so uh, I, I'm, I'm making a movie and it's being produced by Columbia and I really like this shit you say on the podcast. I want to sit down and talk about it. You know, whether that becomes like, I'd like you to write my movie or can, can I like throw you some consultancy work just to read some stuff and see if it makes sense? I've had video game companies reach out and say, hey man, like I just, I really like your story sense. Do you have two years you can devote to this video game? And I'll say, no, but thank you. That's very right. sweet. Um, and I think that it also, there are executives in Hollywood who are just kind of looking for reasons to meet with people because that's part of their job. Like if you're a creative executive in Hollywood, <laughs> the work is how many new people did you meet with? Right. Um, you know, what's your appointment book look like? And in casting about for people to sit down and talk to, some of them listen to the podcast. I'm like, hey, fucking let's sit down and talk to that dude. Um, some people listen to it after the meeting. I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't know you were that guy. It's, it either, it, it's functioned as both like helping to get work and also reinforcing 
the interactions with people in the world. As long as it doesn't keep us from getting work. You know, which that was always the fear, too. At one point, it's like, well, I mean, how much can we say that we like and don't like without fucking ourselves? Yeah. But but I will say that I've I've had meetings at companies that have made movies or TV shows that I haven't liked and it hasn't bit me in the ass. Nice. Um, knock on wood so far. Right. Um, so like, sh- we'll let him get into year two yes. and then we'll spring it on him. Um, you know, or it's it's a thing where if it, it has bit me in the ass, I don't know it. Like maybe the meetings I could have had that they decided, let's not call that dude. He really shit all over that thing that we made. You know, like I don't think I'm going into Vin Diesel's production company anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) That was your pick, your go-to pick? Oh, you know, the one thing that I know is never going to happen. Although just watch. Like, hey, you want to write Fast and Furious 10? Don't show Vin Diesel (laughs) any of this. It's true. Once once I start watching Fast and the Furious and we start discussing it, they're going to hear your open mind on the subject. They'll be like, he's brilliant. He's great. Oh, but Vin Diesel is going to be like, bring the gun. (laughs) Bro, bring me. How can you do his voice? I don't watch those movies, so I only know him as I am Groot, so I can kind of do that. (laughs) But they put him through a filter. Yeah, Iron Giant. It's very, he's like, I don't know. You gotta do that. Yeah, very, it's very gravelly. But also, with like, with this weird, with like, family. Reaction. Hashtag family. Family. <laughs> Frank and Diesel. <laughs> Frank and Diesel. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Enough of us sucking our own fat dicks yeah. uh, or fat dicks on brand for the show, which sounds hotter. I know. And dirtier. I can't way. wait for the Fast and By Curious podcast. <laughs> <It gets laughs> its own That's stuff. a great title. <laughs> and it will be coming. A podcast within a podcast. Yeah. Um, Inception. That's right. We're incepting our own fucking podcast. <laughs> We're taking it beyond Fat Man Beyond into the By Curious. Fast and By Curious. Um, sooner or later, that's going to happen. But right now, God damn it, we're going to celebrate 300 episodes of fat man beyond by doing what we always do turning to mark and being like what's going on in the news mark hey man. while i open my second Ooh, liquored no, up water this is mango mango gotta be good right <laughs> <laughs> let's watch my face and see gotta be good does it have to be I'll good? I'll play with that. There's no more black cherry. I got no choice. Oh, this or mine. I'm sorry. Um, regardless, I'm bitching, man. Just get me there. Make me <laughs> drunk. <laughs> hey, baby. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Just take me to that place. Just do your magic. Uh, so the JC thing- went off to get the DoorDash. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is probably more black cherry, but like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's a booze run. Um, hey, I watched a, I watched a movie. What? Oh, listen to you, bragger. I watched a movie. Thank you. You know that thing that's so rare these days? Yeah. What, um, in a theater? No. Oh. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> Although, I did have a friend who went down to uh, to Huntington Beach, she and her boyfriend, and they uh, had a Cinemark down there. You could rent out a, a whole house for, like, you know, one of the screens. Yeah. Like 150 bucks. They gave her the whole thing. Yeah, Koi from uh, the... Jandrew. Um, yeah, Koi Jandrew from the uh, Schmodown, mm. amongst other things. He did that for his birthday. It was like, it's only like 150 bucks to rent a theater. Yeah. We should do that. I mean, it's a little far. Yeah, where'd they go? They're hunting mid beach. So that's the OC. Because there's no place in F that in the A. That seems rather far. (laughs) But what? Can we do that here? Uh, Is it only 150 bucks to. I mean, there's no theaters in LA that that are open. That are open. But when they open, is it only generally 150 bucks? I think it's usually more expensive than that. But everyone's like, fuck whatever we can get to come in. If we if they do that deal here when they open theaters and shit, that's the only way I'm going to go see movies. Um, that's worth it. 
I mean, I mean, think about what you pay to go on two person. Like you take your wife out to a movie back before the, the COVID, mm-hmm. like 40 to 50 bucks. Easy. For another hundred dollars, you have the room to yourself. You could fuck in the movie. Theater. <laughs> and I'm sure they probably write on the thing. Like, please don't fuck, fuck in the movie theater because <laughs> I fucking sure would. Uh, man, that does sound like a sweet deal. Anyway, what'd you see? Uh, I watched on the Netflix. I watched Enola Holmes. Oh, that's the series with the little girl that everybody loves so much. <laughs> What's her name? Very specific. Yeah. Yes. Millie Bobby Brown. That's it. She's got um, many names. Like yes. She Jackie plays. Earl Haley or Lee Harvey Oswald. She's yeah. either going to be a kid actress or an assassin. <laughs> right. I was going to go Jackie Jordan, Cursey Olympian. But by all means. I guess I look, I guess people with three names do all sorts of things. <laughs> There's like four careers open. <laughs> but in my mind, kid actors, killers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so. and popes, as in Pope John Paul. There you go, <laughs> Pope John Paul Ringo. Yes. Uh, um, so yeah, so she plays uh, Sherlock Holmes's younger sister. It's based on a series of books that I never based read. On, indeed, uh, neither did I. But it it popped up on my Netflix, which I already paid for. I was like, "Fuck it, in old Holmes." Yeah, like it's free, and um, it is enchanting. It is also wildly uneven, um, and like the longest two-hour movie you'll ever watch because mm. the. The second act is like, what's happening? I don't understand. But she's great. Is it a movie or a show? It's a movie. Oh, so it's only like two hours. It's a two-hour movie. Um, Henry Cavill. I'm in. You might actually push me into watching because I thought it was a series. I'm like, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I'm too hours. busy watching the boys. I don't want to see. But a two-hour movie, I'll dive in for. Yeah. No, and? Um, it is It is a charming misfire. You know, like it's. Compare it's, it to Young Sherlock Holmes, the movie of our childhood. Um, less actiony. I think. Then Young Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. Young Sherlock Holmes has some fucking shit. It's got some sword it fights. And some... Fucking, remember the Rami Tet, the cult scene yeah, and shit where yeah. they sacrifice people? I'll never forget being in that theater and being like, this shit just took a metal jump. <laughs> Holy fuck. Why didn't they put this in the trailer, man? Yeah, like I was here for the sword fight and the CG fucking skeleton from the, the glass thing. But I will stay for the fucking Egyptian death cult. Oh, that was so bad. Lead with the Egyptian death note. Next and time. then he turned out, spoilers, if you watch the credits, they had a post-Marvel, a post credit scene before Marvel. Ooh, what was that? What was that? I don't remember. They uh, show at the end of it, you know, fucking, remember the Egyptian dude fucking perished or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck? And then the girl that he was in love with, she passed. And then he left. And, and Watson was like, I'd catch up to him years later. <laughs> then they show like a carriage driving through the countryside through mm-hmm. most of the credits and shit. Then after the credits were done, that the guy they got out of the carriage, went into the into the like a hotel or motel or whatever the version of it back in the day was. Holiday Inn. Uh, an inn or mm-hmm. something like that. And they asked him to sign the book and he signed it Moriarty. Ooh. And then they panned up to him and it was the fucking dude who was his teacher who became the Egyptian death cult god mm. and shit like that. So the implication was we saw the secret origin of Moriarty. That's I'm telling you, that movie was so fucking good. Young Sherlock Holmes? I think it's on the Disney Plus. Is it? I think it's so. fucking great. It's a wonderful flick. I remember being completely blown away by the movie. It still holds up. I haven't seen it to in this 30 day. years. But the trailer was like all like tea and crumpets. It's a young <laughs> Sherlock. And instead you get there and they're like, we're going to fucking sacrifice a little girl. It's like, <laughs> holy shit, I'm down for this. What a great movie. It's like, I'm sure Walt was like, we, we can't, we can't sell that. Yeah, like, okay, put that on the back shelf, please. <laughs> that was, what was it, Barry Levinson? Or, the, or 
Who lo- who directed Young Sherlock Holmes? I feel like that's super early for Barry Levinson because that's that's pre Diner and Diner was his first jam. You're right. Good point. So maybe it's Bob Zemeckis. I wonder if it's Nicholas Meyer. No, he did Time After Time. That was it's uh, Barry Levinson. What? All right. What up? Relevant. Schmodown champion. <laughs> Relevant. <laughs> I can answer questions about shit happened back in the 80s. It was Barry Levinson, right? Because I remember it was like, this is a completely uncharacteristic mm. movie for the guy who made Diner. Wow. Well, good. Nice. So, yes, Enola Holmes. Totally enjoyable. Kind of doesn't make a ton of sense. Mm. Henry Cavill is the most jacked Sherlock Holmes you'll ever see. Like, he's literally painted. He loads his guns. But he's painted into these, like, fucking Victorian frocks with the high... Like, come on. He's like a... He's like the the Luther in Umbrella Academy, if you haven't seen Umbrella Academy. Anyway, he's a dude who's kind of mixed with like simian DNA. Right. And so he's always wearing these like tracksuits and shit with these giant arms. That's what Henry Cavill looks like. That big. Arms. Just like he can't, when he puts his arms by his side, his hands don't touch his body. Because the muscles are pushing Because there's so up. much up. Yeah. You're making me jealous. Stop. I know. It's weird. Um. And he's he's playing the an incredibly emotional Sherlock Holmes. Is he really? He is like. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. I mean, Sherlock Holmes is uh, uh, my favorite description was by Benedict Cumberbatch. He's a high functioning sociopath. Here he's like a concerned older brother. Right. And it's like, but that's not exactly who Sherlock Holmes is. For the most part, he's a dick. Like a so real. So whose fault is a script or actor? I think it's it's script because the script is giving him a lot of like I care for you Enola. I want the best for you Enola, even though my brother Mycroft seems to be the dick that I'm supposed to be. But like there was a chance for some really interesting tension having Henry Cavill, who you want to look at and just think is a nice person because yeah. he's Superman, playing an asocial kind of sociopath, and that tension would have been interesting. But they didn't go that way to the point where now there's a lawsuit. From the Holmes estate, from the Arthur Conan Doyle estate. Oh, saying this ain't fucking Holmes. Well, like most of they Sherlock said, Holmes, no Holmes, no, uh, uh-uh, <laughs> Holmes, Holmesy don't play that. Um, most of the Sherlock Holmes, Arthur Conan Doyle estate is in the public domain, which is why everybody gets to make a Sherlock movie. Right. But the latter, the tail end of those books, are still part of the copyright, and in those books, he becomes a warmer, softer person because the audience, at some point, the reading audience, was like, "Why is Sherlock gonna be such a dick all the time?" So they said, like, in the end, then Arthur Conan Doyle started writing him softer? Yeah. And, and so they're saying, hey, that's not public That domain. stuff is still, now it's a copyright case because you're stealing from the stuff that you can't steal from. Very tricky. Tricky. Tricky like Holmes. Or elementary, we should say. <laughs> the game is afoot. Yes. Which they say a dozen times because, of course, you do. You got it. Um, so I guess that sort of dovetails into the news a bit, the copyright case, but... I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll watch Eleven and Superman do some cool shit. And I was entertained. I watched uh, a Netflix thing, Murder Next Door, American. Mm. It's a story about the guy who, like, killed True crime? Yeah, it was nuts. I didn't know this story, man. It's crazy. This dude who's like, my wife just came back from a thing, and she disappeared, and my kids are gone. Mm. You know, everyone went looking for them, and finally, you know, they were like, Police were working on him, and they're like, "Well, we don't really believe your story." And you know, they got the footage of him going, "Well, I mean, I told the truth." And then they just like, dude starts cracking, killed his wife, just because he didn't want to be married no more. But problem is, he had two kids, mm-hmm. so he took his wife's dead body, put it in the car with the two kids who were like three and four, his daughters, 
food. They've got this mom was like a big Facebook person. Mm -hmm. So the whole documentary is fucking haunting. It's made up of all this footage that she shot herself of her family, of her two daughters and her and her husband on fucking Facebook. And then it's made up of the police camera footage mm -hmm. and of the interview room footage and shit like that. So it's no real interviews of people like talking head stuff. It's all all footage leading up oh, to wow. fucking haunting. So <laughs> he he strangles his wife. He puts her in the fucking truck with the two kids and the kid and he carries her and she's like in a sheet. And the kids are like, what's wrong with mommy? He's like, nothing. And then he goes to a fucking oil site that he was working at and strangles the two kids and throws them in a fucking oil well, bro. Oh, fuck. I'm telling you, I was like, this left me so broken after I watched this. I, and, you know, I, anything that's murder in the title, I should not expect good things from. <laughs> but I didn't think this was a story, man. But it was very well made and shit. And apparently, like, Jennifer's like, everybody knows the story. I was like, I, then I'm happy to be a nobody because <laughs> up until this moment, I didn't know this. And fuck it. Yeah, I don't need this shit in my head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. That's what I felt like afterwards. But it was incredibly well made. Have you been watching The Vow? Yes. You too? Yeah. That, of course, it's on like fucking what goes up with Lovecraft Country. Yep. So I watched one and the other. That's another thing. I mean, but still, I get it because they've now done a great series and showing how smart people can be duped by, you know, the fucking Nimrod like this guy. Mm into be joining a sex cult, getting branded and stuff. They've done a fine job presenting the case. I still have a disconnect where I'm like, you couldn't fucking... <laughs> the moment they talk about branding you, mm -hmm. that's when you get the fuck up and run. The first time they're like, we need to take naked pictures of you for collateral. That too! It's just like, anybody that's like, well, we need something on you in case you go wrong. It's like, that ain't good. Mm -mm. That's not like healthy for the mind body that's not yeah. progressive that just although then again and the like, guy's such a zero man he's super zero he's, like when you see him you're like this this is all it took like pseudo intellectual bullshit but is there a version i mean there is a version and it's probably wrong although it might not be where keith the, Raniere, the, that's his name yeah keith Raniere, where the the worst iterations of the catholic church could employ confessional as getting collateral yeah but they don't know who you are they would have to put a camera on you. like when you I walk mean, into a confessional right there's no screen or theoretically i mean as far as you know they don't know who you are good point you mean I'm fucking saying, father dave in the 70s <laughs> he's got footage of me going i touch myself god please don't tell anybody <laughs> and he's like i've got compromise <laughs> Uh, but it's true. Like if you had a camera in the church, mm -hmm. like, and I'm sure their churches put cameras in them now, you mm -hmm. know, for that fucking purpose. So not for that purpose. So that, you know, vandalism and shit like that. But if you got a camera in the church and you got a fucking, even if you don't have a camera in the confessional booth, but you got a like audio recorder, you got a picture and you got a fucking sound. You could totally fucking yeah. have I mean, information on. You could literally just have on Catholics. You could have like a, 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 a like an organist. Just paying attention to who's walking into those yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the priest has to do is remember, which, write that shit down. Here's what I heard in this hour that I was in confessional. Who walked into that thing? Oh, that was Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, that guy. Woohoo! Write that shit down. And yet, and I, you know, I was involved in the Catholic Church for quite some time as a kid and into adulthood. Um, never heard of a single fucking case of someone's shit being used against them in confession. You know what I'm saying? You never heard like, on the that would be a big news story because that would be a huge scandal. It's like yeah. you could get your shit rocked by going to one of the sacraments that you're supposed to go to as a Catholic. 
That's a good. Shut the fuck up. That's a good story thing, man. Shut up. Never mind. He didn't say that. Doordash. Fucking. That's a good story right there, dude. Uh, Catholic I mean, Church is in trouble, right? Like fucking membership falling, parishes closing everywhere and shit. Mm-hmm. How do you keep? The, how do you keep the powerful people there? The influential people. How do you keep the influencers? You know, you fucking threaten the blackmail. Fucking, that sounds like an Ira Levin book from the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> sacrament, by yes, Ira yes, <laughs> the eighth sacrament. Because no. there's only seven. There's shit. only seven. Um, I, I'm digging the vow, but I feel as if it's it's a third too long. I agree. They're really stretching it. Yeah, especially because we know what happened. Like by episode two, it's like uh, what sex cult. Episode three, branding vaginas. Episode four, he meets the Dalai Lama. But also, it's like we like this happened. Yes, and so we all know that everyone went down and fucking like. So we know what the third act is. Right. But like even if you didn't, it just doesn't have a lot of shoes to drop. Mm. Um, because once you drop branded vaginas, you're like, oh shit, what's next? And to be fair, it's above, but it's close enough. Close enough. If it's like, if, if, if somebody's like, we want to put a tattoo in your pubic area above your dick, it's not going to be anywhere on your dick or your balls. I'd be like, they wouldn't finish the sentence. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm sorry. Did you say branding? Why? Pardon me. Yes. Branding Pudenda. If they're like, we want to put a guy named Brandon on your dick. I'm like, all right, well, let me ask my wife. (laughs) But if they're talking about permanently branding like a fucking cow and he like the one girl don't ask her husband or not ask her husband, but like, you think this is a good idea for me to be in a secret society that I'm not supposed to tell you about? Yeah, babe. I don't know. Thursday, whatever. Pizza night. Here's the thing. Um, Was it cool if they like brand me right above my vagina? How crimson was it? Well, she figured out it was that dude's initials. Yes. That was fucked up. Because it wasn't just like this women's group symbol. It was mm-hmm. like literally it's the some mountains man's. in the horizon. Yes. And the sun's like, shift that shit sideways. And it's fucking key. And on. again, you have to watch this fucking zero talk. Like yeah. it's, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sound like I wouldn't have fallen for it, but I don't think I would have fallen for that. No, no. But it was interesting shit that they talk about how like he would have them play volleyball at one, two in the morning mm. and they all jockeyed to do it so they could be around him. But that's also a mind control technique. It's about like exhausting people and mm. shit like that. And then having them work on your schedule. It's crazy, man. It, it's worth a watch and shit, but he's right. It's yeah. a little bit. It feels like they were seduced by footage t- because like, there yeah, was, they've there was got a-, a fucking obscene amount of footage while all this shit was going on. That was the crazy thing to me is that one guy, Mark, who was like one of the heads, he yeah. recorded like personal conversations with his wife. Like if Jen and I were getting in a fight and I was like, hold on, honey, I'm going to tape this just in case. She'd be like, put your phone down. <laughs> like the dude recorded every conversation he had for like 10 years. Yep. Yeah. That's creepy. That's he, weird. He's a filmmaker. If you're not watching it, he's a filmmaker who made a movie years ago called What the Bleep Do We <laughs> Know? So at a certain point, like he was their media guy where he was shooting you know, following Keith Raniere, who, who he's the guy that breaks my heart the most because he seemed to really fucking believe. Oh, he was in it. He like in and for 12 fucking years. And then one day it was like, oh, my God, this is a sham. But they've got footage going back. They got footage of Allison Mack from mm-hmm. Smallville 
meeting him for the first time. And apparently that's the episode I keep waiting for. Mm. Like where I'm like, give me the all Mac episode. <laughs> the Mac she's, attack. The, she's the one that like facilitated mm-hmm. like she, it was him, then her, then all these other slaves and masters, which anybody like, Hey, you're going to be in a secret society. And we're just using these words. They don't mean anything, but you have to use them. Doesn't that make you go like, I don't know if I want to be involved in something like this. Well, I think it, you know, to that point, noteworthy and i've been paying attention not a ton of black people in there yeah you know why because the minute you start calling people throwing out words masters, like that fuck this yeah time to go fell for that once didn't like it very moving true. on very true it's so <laughs> weird that's true i didn't notice that yeah i'm like oh this is there's but and i'm also like watching for the Battlestar people because i know that's the, true yeah the um, nikki klein who played callie and then there's another one too yeah like nikki klein is deep into it i think she's now married to allison mack what? Um, yeah. That girl from Battlestar Galactica and Allison mm-hmm. Mack are married? Yeah. Isn't Allison Mack in jail? You can be married to somebody who's in jail. Oh, good point. <laughs> Al- Allison <laughs> Mack is on house arrest, I believe. She's not in jail. So no. she's not in jail, but she's like serving time. Time I for guess. a crime. She got yes. convicted of something. She got convicted of a crime. But like, you know. Wow, a- she married the girl from Battlestar Galactica? Mm-hmm. What? And this is the first time hearing of it? <laughs> See, there's more in this documentary. I know, like, they better get to that episode. <laughs> but, like, every now and again, it's like, oh, there's Grace Park. And, yeah, well, the, she was in an episode, yeah. too. Yeah. I think it seemed she, like because there was a Vancouver office, everyone yeah. that shot up there, they got a few a yeah. few Battlestar people, a few uh, Smallville, Smallville people. Because who's the other? Kristen Kruick or whatever? Yeah. She played Lana L- 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 Wang. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's, and I keep hoping to please don't see anybody else. Please, no more Battlestar people. Come on, guys. You, you all right. seem smart. Come on. Not a, not a, what's number six? Is Trisha. Name? Yeah, not yeah. Trisha showing I've, up. I've been like, you're been like, in fear of like, <laughs> please don't see Trisha. Please don't see Trisha. And then like, I texted her. I was like, I'm watching the vow. She's like, it's crazy, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to see you. You're man. like, now when you say it's crazy, <laughs> do we mean we both think it's crazy? Yeah. It's like, definitely yeah. worth a watch. It's called The Vow. It is. It's about I feel the like Nexium. It's, cool. it's coming to its end. Like episode seven was last week. I think episode eight might be this week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's 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 absolutely worth just watching the dumb shit people will do to find a way to make themselves feel better. <laughs> Catherine Oxenberg really stepping up. Yeah, I know. Because her kid. For somebody who's like, you know, born royal and shit like that. And yeah. she literally in it to save her kid, like any old any mom. Like I was very impressed by her. Oh. Uh, in as much as she's, you know. She seems dialed in. It's not like somebody's downloading a report for her. She's she's trying to save her kid. Did she do it? Does anybody know? The kid, India. Did she pull her out of that? I don't know. I'm I'm assuming that's, that's the only the part of the story that I'm unfamiliar with. Whatever happened. That's why I keep like, oh, I wonder what happens with her and her daughter. Yeah. But I know the other guy goes to jail, doesn't he? Rainier. Yeah. Uh, I think he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I had just watched like for sex trafficking. Amongst yeah. other things. There were weird charges. But. Very much so. But I just watched like Sharktopus versus Varacantula or something. Right. Um, but and and you're Ca- like, now I need something just as real. Indeed. <laughs> but like Casper Van Dien is the star of all those things. And he was He married. was Mr. Catherine Oxford. He was Mr. Catherine. And she's in one of those things. I'm like, I, we just saw her in that shitty Shark Barracuda movie. She was in uh, him and her when those Left Behind movies. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, it's worth watching. It's definitely worth a watch, man. Yeah, As is, of course, fucking um, 
Lovecraft Country, which that must be wrapping up soon, right? Yeah, the, I mean tonight. I Fuck! Think. Did you watch last week's episode? I did watch last. Week. I I'm, am. like I'm, all I could think about last week's episode was you're the actress who they hired to play that part, who was mm. uh, Courtney B. Vance's wife right. in the show, Anjanu Ellis, who has like you know a bit parts up until that episode, and they don't tell you like when you're doing a show. Here's ten. Here's the ten scripts. They give them to you one a week, generally speaking. Mm. So you're that actress. You took the job. You're like, right on. There's great people in this. I got a cool part. Like, I'm here. Great. Then one day, they're like, the whole episode is about you. And like, you get to play yeah, (laughs) 10 different versions of a possible version of yourself. All I can think watching the episode is how happy that actress must have been to Mm. be like, oh my God, I'm going to get to show off every fucking range that I can. Like, what a gift and stuff. And did they tell her when they hired her, you're going to have an episode all to yourself. And when they told her that, did she even conceive of what that meant? Right. Yeah, that's fascinating. Because, I mean, I I have to think that Misha Green at some point, like by the time you're casting, Mm. you're like, we kind of know what the season is. Like, everything's not written yet, but here's kind of what episodes one through eight or one through ten are going to be. By the way, you're going to really like seven. <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was a wonderful episode, but like as, as great as the content was and it went everywhere and it was like uh, just, just a real, fa- just a trip, man. Like total yeah. sci-fi trip and really detours from the main story. Leaves out all the main characters except her. Makes it all about her, which even in the grand scheme of the, the entire series Mm-hmm. Like you don't feel good just her as an actress. You feel good for her character, who has always been a support system mm-hmm. in not just the lives of these characters, but the story that we're watching. Suddenly, she gets to take center stage, and like crushed it. It was such yeah. a great episode. Yeah, it's this. You know, Lovecraft Country has been a really interesting watch because it. I I'm a person who loves narrative and who loves plot and who and character as well. Clearly, you can't have one without the other. Mm. But I always look for things to kind of. Swiss watch like makes sense. And Lovecraft seems fundamentally not interested in that. Right. It is living on this like magical realism tone poem level where it's just, we're telling this story. And it almost doesn't matter if this part of the story keys in at all to any main narrative. It's going to answer any questions you might have about the show. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do this shit how where she just trips through some magical reality machine and sees the versions of herself that could have been if they lived in. Or were. That's or what were. I got out of the story. She lived every one of those lives. Yeah. like, And it's it's a dimension time machine more than it's just a time machine. And like, <laughs> does it make sense? No. Does it have to make sense? Turns no. out, no. And and just like swimming in those emotional realities is has been really refreshing, both as a viewer and as a storyteller. Just like, oh, you know, if you can just find the emotional truth of your characters, you can do almost anything. And if your audience is on board, they will 100% roll with you. And I'm on board. I, I love what they're fucking doing over there. Just telling great stories. Did you see Misha put up? Somebody tweeted a question going like, how do you pitch a show like this? <laughs> and she was like, I'll show you. And mm. she put up, there was a set of like 12 or 15 or 20 note oh, cards. Wow. But the top note card was visible and readable. Mm. And it was, you know, um, uh H.P. Lovecraft is a celebrated, you know, all the usual Wikipedia bullshit for the first three sentences about who Lovecraft was and he has his own genre, uh, Lovecraftian, blah, blah, blah. And then she wrote, he also wrote and then put up some of his really hardcore racist shit mm. and then talked about like, you know, so 
through this lens, we're going to examine his work. Like in the first note card, she, you know, she said the revolution is going to be televised. This is what it's going. This is what it is. And this is what it's going to be. So if you're in the room listening to that pitch, by the time she gets the middle of the card, you, you know, the top of it talking about Lovecraft, you're like, oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. But then when she hits the racist stuff, you're like, oh, oh. I'm, I'm paying attention. Hold on. Yeah. You mean it's it, not just weird sci-fi shit? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure some people are like, well, it doesn't help to hurt to walk in with JJ and fucking Jordan Peele as well. Mm. But even without those cats, the card that I read would have been very hard to like walk out of that pitch and not be like, we should look into this. <laughs> right. It was, it was we just should have more meetings. Yeah. We should also um, maybe say yes. I, I watched the thing on Hulu called Monsterland. Oh, I saw the trailers. It's, it's an uh, anthology series, and there's an episode. Uh, I, I don't know quite how to describe it. It's like very Twilight Zonian, very Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and monsters are a theme, kind of, but like it's really, but we are the monsters. Mm. But there's one that's like incredibly moving and heartbreaking. Um, if you've ever dealt with somebody with, not uh, just an addiction problem, but somebody with a like bipolar or something like that. It's a love story about these two women. And it's like, it's the girl from, um, I never watched the show, but uh, Orange is the New Black. She was in Clueless, the TV show. Taylor Schilling, I think. She played Cher when it was a TV show. Mm-hmm. But then she's had a career, of course, since then. She was fucking fantastic in this. And then the other actress who I'd never seen before was amazing. But they tell a story about... Um, loving somebody who is you know challenged um and it's a heartbreaking fucking oh, really? story yeah freight told through the prism like since it's called monster land every episode there's a monster the this is uh told through the prism of the undead mm. so it's kind of like a zombie story to some degree but it was, there's each one standalone. Mike Coulter was in one that was set in Newark, New Jersey. And they even referenced Harrison. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that's about him and his wife, like losing a child and then finding this angel, this monster. It looks like a vampire and shit. Mm. Um, really well done. But mm. I still, it would take a smart person to watch it and go, oh, the theme is this. I can't quite put my finger on it. But really well made anthology stuff and then there's a netflix show which somebody has been trying to get me to watch and they've hit up you i think as well on Mm. twitter um it's from maybe chile or something like that it's a fuck it's not secret identity or something like that but it's it looks like a hero superhero thing Mm -hmm. but the director was like please watch it and he had a bunch of fans hitting us up going like you guys have to watch this which i've yet to watch so i'll be watching that yeah. this week yeah like once i once i back off of shit's creek you're on a marathon i'm on a marathon because they a they go down so fucking easy 22 minutes each like for real sitcoms so they said about my wife goes down thank you very much 22 minutes long <laughs> that's what they said about my <laughs> um and it, i dig it like it's, it's it. just it's super easy and like feel good is the wrong word because they're all awful people um but it just it's 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 like warm milk in a way like oh you know all right cool that was pleasant and occasionally like out loud funny but mostly just pleasant and i could use a little just pleasant right about now 
I'm going to just pleasant place after finishing. Yeah, the baby. Second one. Of the All year. right. Should we do some real news? We haven't started. No. I'm probably not going to make it to questions if I crack open this third uh, we got Bud Light seltzer, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to get <laughs> drunk and not notice, <laughs> gently rocked. <laughs> yes. And then suddenly you're like, oh, look who's in me. Liquor. <laughs> Bud Light seltzer. <laughs> That's for you. Mark, tell them what news we got. <laughs> Look who's in me, Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, this better be about Jamie Foxx. The man has seen the headline. <laughs> I did. Jamie Foxx is back as Electro for Spider-Man 3 Homeward Bound. Now, That's not what they're calling I, it. Well, whatever they're calling yeah. it. I, um, at first, was like, why? But now I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> um, I was not a wild fan of uh, this flick. No. Particularly this take incarnation of Electro either. Uh, so oddly enough, um, when they when I first read the story, I was like, are you sure? Then <laughs> I read it deeper and I was like, you know what? That would be actually cool. Here's a chance to put him in the costume. Here's a chance to here's a chance to do the Sinister Six, which is what I yes. think they're building. I think they're building toward and it uh, and it's also And he's an amazing actor. I don't blame that fucking movie on him, but I didn't care for that. His take on Electro. No, but I also think that this this and the J.K. Simmons tail end of of Far from willingness home, to create a Spider-Verse. Like we're we're getting it now. Like, and they're leaning into it for real. Like the the oh whatever, I don't know, maybe whatever. At some point, Miles Morales and Peter Parker in live action will be hanging. Are gonna out. meet. They're gonna meet. Like they're gonna look, they're gonna give us that shot they keep showing on the internet. Of three different Spider-Mans, Toby, mm -hmm. Andrew, and uh, and the current kid, Tom. Right. They're going to give us that shot, and they're going to give us Miles. They're going to give you what you want because, look, just start telling them what you want because that's the only way they're going to get you to go back to the theaters. So look at what the Flash movie's becoming. <laughs> like fucking, they're like, "What do you want us to put in it? Super Friends? Gleek the monkey? He's in. <laughs> we'll do anything. We'll suck your dick. Come back. <laughs> yes." Do you want Warner Twins? We'll get you both Warner Twins and twins. Now I'm being honest because I'm having the third one of these. <laughs> oh, shit. Now you're going to know how I feel about all this shit. In Seltzer Veritas. Here we go. <laughs> I went hard for episode 300. Mostly yeah. seltzer. Um, this is a great idea. Yeah, I kind of dig it. And anything that gets us to the Sinister Six quick is a-okay my book. I like that they're giving nods to the other universes. Mm -hmm. I like Kevin Feige. He's a good dude. Yeah. I mean, and I think the, the again, the, the drilling down on what I think the universe absolutely wants, which is Miles Morales live action mm -hmm. in the MCU. We're getting there. And every baby step that we get to that path is a baby step I'm willing to take. Love it. Can't wait. I'm all for it. He's a wonderful actor. So hopefully they get, look, all I'm asking, put him in the, in the fucking comic suit. From the classic comic suit. Yeah. Close enough. Doesn't have to be exact. But. Yeah. Or not at all what it was in Amazing Yeah, just don't too. do that big blue marble head that he had. Like, give me something a little more electro. Right. Like, if, if their idea of it is, is that in each one of these universes, a Jamie Foxx-like person eventually becomes electro, great. Just give Let him it a, be cooler. Way cooler. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Um, here's the thing that made me very happy. Netflix uh, has decided to put into development a Conan the Barbarian television program. That makes sense. Who's doing it? Uh, unclear. The, according to the, to the la-di-da, 
fucking uh, makes sense, man. Why not? This is good. The, the, the agreement between Pathfinder Media, which is controlled by guys named Frederick Malmberg and Mark Wheeler, um, mm-hmm. is the first in deal between Netflix and Conan Properties International. Um, to give Netflix the exclusive option to acquire rights to the Conan Literary Library and develop works across TV and film, both live action and anime. It's fucking dope. I would watch a Conan series on Netflix, spending all the money and shit like that. And it can be as violent and bloody as you want it to be. and Lots of head cutting off, lots of stew with human heads in it and shit. It it can be the thing that I loved when I was a kid, reading Savage Sword of Conan way too early to be reading a book called Savage Sword of Conan, which was nothing but like boobs and beheadings. Mm Mm-hmm. I believe that was the subtitle. Boobs and beheadings. <laughs> Robert E. Howard's boobs and beheadings. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited at the even the prospect of it. Um, it is still a long Look, way away from being real. But we know that Netflix wants to buy all the IP that it can't get its hands on. For example, Warner's and and HBO Max has all the DC locked the shit locked up. Sorry, I'm drunk. D shit. The DC shit locked up. Stop it. <laughs> Disney has all the Marvel shit locked up. And the Star Wars shit. And the Star Wars shit. So Netflix always, everybody else looking for what IP is out there to be had. Mm -hmm. Conan's huge, known worldwide. Yeah. And imagine if you did, gave them a Game of Thrones type budget. You know, every episode would look like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie. Yeah. You know, like, and given what they're spending and how something like The Witcher looks, it's like, I don't watch that. How is it? Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I, I didn't love the first couple of episodes. By the time you get like deep into it, like, Oh, okay. This is kind of cool. And Hey, Henry Cavill's having a good time. And there's a bard. who's a lot of fun. And yeah, like it's, it's worth a watch. I feel, I feel like you dig it, but, but yeah, I mean doing for real sword and sorcery, like in that level of, of care, that would be great. And if you're going to do like animated shit also, you could get Arnold back. Did they do? Yes. Like, if you're going to do, like, a King Conan show yeah. animated and have Arnold voice old Conan the Barbarian. I mean, you could have Arnold as your live in your live-action movie, too. Mm-hmm. As Remember in the movies, they would always show him at the end on the throne and shit. Yeah. And, but that is a story for another <laughs> time. So he could literally be the guy looking back. You know what I'm saying? So like, every episode could have a little bit of Arnold. A little bit in. of Arnold in it. I remember when. Um, you know what used to be important to me? To hear the lamentation, to drive, to curse, crush my enemies, see the German before me, and hear the lamentation of the women. Now, a good bowel movement. That's all I care about. <laughs> Love King Conan. The lamentation <laughs> of my bowels. Yes. Um, I'm all up for watching this, man. Give it to them. Give them. Give it to Netflix. Yes, please. More. Also, m- please give them Masters Universe. Let them make a live action series of that. Oh, oh. there you go. Could you imagine? We'd oh. be so close to the throne for that shit. We would definitely get to write some, if not make some. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And I'm talking about, like, could you imagine if they did that? Like a series like Game of Thrones, but it was Masters of the Universe, but they spent that much money. That's insane. I want it. That's insane. Dare to dream, I say. Because at some point, you're going to have, like, a for real, photo real battle cat. Yes! Who's giant and green that a live action actor will be riding in some fashion. You're going to have a land shark. You're going to have to build Castle Grayskull. The, dr- the jaw bridge will be a real thing. <laughs> You, you watch. Within the next fucking 10 to 20 years, somebody's going to do that. I look I forward to Netflix, the picture of, of Kevin Smith standing on the jaw bridge. I'll visit that set because you know they're going to let me direct, but I'll visit that set. Oh, I mean, I have a feeling you're never leaving that set. <laughs> you ain't kidding. He's like, is he still here? Yeah. yeah. Look at him. <laughs> there he is. Look at him. He's bugging Beast Man again. <laughs> Beast Man is just a guy in a green screen suit. Would you stop talking to the sorceress so much? <laughs> 
She's got work to do. Leave Lena Hetty alone. <laughs> Lena Hetty is our sorceress. Is fucking phenomenal. Oh, anyway, enough about that. Hmm. Can't wait to show you. In- All right, what else we got? J.J. Uh, Abrams is ripping us off. I know that guy. What? Yes. Again? What'd he do? J.J. Uh, Abrams is going all the places you'll go to make a Dr. Seuss animated flick for oh. Warner Brothers. And why is that our idea? Um, because. Oh, we wanted to do World War Seuss. We wanted to do World War Seuss. And this is like the beginning of a like Warner Brothers Seuss kind of connected universe. A Seussiverse. Uh, and, and yeah, I want, we wanted to do that first. We did. We had an idea on a show years ago yes, to do right World right. War Seuss. And once again, somebody was listening, writing shit down. Mm-hmm. And now our idea, a good idea belongs to somebody else. I wouldn't be surprised if JJ was next announces a Cinderella <laughs> fucking project. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, um, good for him. I want more Seuss, but two hours, two hours. I don't did you ever read a Dr. Seuss book? I know you did. Lots of times. How long does it take you, Mark? I don't know, eight, nine minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> even when they did The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, they stretched it at a half an hour. These two-hour movies, and I say that with nothing but affection, my boy Scott Mosier mm-hmm. co-directed The Grinch movie, but like, can a thing be a thing that's a small thing? Why does it have to be a feature-length thing? Um, oh, the places you'll go, you can read in 10 minutes. Yeah, they're all kind of peppy and quick. But you know what? That's why I'm not a fucking multimillionaire. That's why I'm not J.J. Abrams, because I'm like, go read a book. J.J.'s <laughs> like, no, I'll show it to you. Never read a book again. Here. Come here. Um, but yeah, it's going to be feature length animated coming out. 2027 is the is the current Holy projected date. fuck. What? Yeah. Well, we're getting. How a- dare you tell us about something that's not happening <laughs> until 2027? We're trying to get through 2020. <laughs> we, we got like. 40 days left. Before. You might as well be like, you know what else is coming? The apocalypse eventually. Mm. Like all things end. Yeah, no, pretty much. That's 2029. 2027. All right. Well, there's no point in talking about that for another five fucking years. Yeah. So we'll not even, not another five fucking minutes. That's it. Black. Now I'm getting shit. honest. <laughs> there it is. Fuck you, Seuss. Yeah, I'm tired of being made promises. Fuck you and your Seussophone. Promises, shmromises, as Dr. Seuss might have rhymed himself. <laughs> As long as I'm rich. <laughs> what uh, else we got? Um, Besides J.J. Seussiverse, which I'm sure I'll pay to see. Indeed. I uh, hope so. 2027, I'll be a 57-year-old man. Will I still give a fuck about this shit? Well, it'll be on Netflix. You can watch it 2 a.m. stoned. Done and done? <laughs> Already <laughs> big. God, fucking, I need you around <laughs> to reassure me of all things. That was wonderful. Um, Barry Jenkins. I know this name. Oh, oh he directed Moonlight. From the Moonlights. Yeah. The um, Moonlights. <laughs> oh, both of them. He directed both of them. Both Moonlights. Moonlights. Um, Phil and Teddy Moonlight. Um, is directing The Lion King 2. Now, is it Simba's Pride? I don't know what the story is. It, it better be Simba's, well be Pride, Simba's Pride, for heaven's sakes, because he had a lot of it. <laughs> Simba's Pride is about him having babies, right? Yes. It's basically a 90 minute episode where he's like, Yeah, I feel the love tonight. Fuck I'm going to put it right in your circle of life. Hey, We're going to make a baby. How you doing, Nala? Yeah. That's the circle of life. <laughs> So wait, what? Uh, he's doing a sequel. Is he, this? I guess it. it needs a sequel because it made over a billion dollars, and they yeah. need to make another billion dollars. Everything makes everything. If, if it makes over a billion dollars, it's going to get a sequel. And Favreau's like, I, I'm too busy. 
It's like, I'm sorry, I'm in the volume, man. I'm doing a bunch of fucking Mandalorian May shit. I make a request to Barry Jenkins? Sure. Brilliant filmmaker. He needs no advice from me. Mm-hmm. Put some cartoon expressions on these cats next time. Yeah. Little, little Nobody fluidity. gives a fuck about photorealism. Let's have them express things. Let's have them be surprised. Let's have them fucking, you know, be like, he, he, he. Let's have them nudge one another. Smart. Uh, I need at least six cartoony emotions on these cats. <laughs> six emotions. Yeah, That's all I need. Six. No more That's than all that. I need. That'll tell a story. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Simba's pride, but according to Deadline, um, the story will further explore the mythology of the characters, including Mufasa's origin story. What? Moving the story forward while also looking back, a la The Godfather Part 2, but set on the African plane. Oh, it's The Godfather Part 2 of Simba movies. Uh, yes. Where okay. it's what happens next and look what happened to the other and guy. This is how we got here. This is how Mufasa claimed fucking Pride Rock in the first place. Look, I'll take more James Earl Jones for all times. Yes. That's and fine. so faster. Although I bet you as a young Mufasa, he'll have a different voice. Yeah. It'll be Vin Diesel. <laughs> family. Welcome family. Vroom, vroom. Like not in this one. Not, not in this movie. I am Groot. Wrong one. Wrong one. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I am Superman. Nope, nope. Not <laughs> <laughs> I am Mufasa. Um, all right. I didn't see the first one, but I, I maybe. Oh, I'll... Yeah, you did, because you saw the '94 Lion King, and it's mostly the same thing. Hands up. Put that on a fucking T-shirt. I did see the original Lion King because I saw it back in 1994. It's a long T-shirt. It is a bit, but that's okay. Type's cool. Look, man, if they if they can make a, a fucking Flash Groden t-shirt. <laughs> did you see you got a shout out from the t-shirt maker? <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, I feel like, you know, that that's maybe better for a TikTok than a t-shirt. Probably. But, you know, kids. Let me tell you, kids. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary. I'm going to go fuck your mother. This shit is sly. It's a sly little liar. You're a little fucking liar aren't you 100 calories i'm so little i can't hurt you i'm making bad decisions right now (laughs) i haven't even left the building all right what else we got what else we got david s goyer oh he's uh he's he's uh famous he's written many things he has including some batmans some supermans Mm -hmm. and the mans of steels um uh, he's had a few tv shows he has indeed um, he's doing a podcast. He's doing a Batman podcast. You want to step to me, Goyer? <laughs> you don't see me making blockbusters. Stay the <laughs> fuck out of my backyard. <laughs> What's this podcast about? Uh, it is a scripted podcast. Oh, all right. That's different. Called Batman Unburied. Oh, right on. For the audio streaming service. For so, Spotify? For the Spotify's. I was talking to them about doing DC podcasts. Yeah. yeah and then I, like many things in my life, I go, oh, that'd be great. And then I got interested in my own shit. You know. And you know who they got? Hmm. <laughs> David Gordon instead. <laughs> like, we don't need the likes of you, Silent Bill. Here's a guy that's actually worked on Batman. <laughs> um, good for him. We can listen to this thing. It's going to be like the uh, Neil Gaiman, the Sandman podcast. If like I had the to Wolverine guess, podcast. Yeah. Like heavily produced. Um, yeah, not like badly. I don't mean like heavily produced. The no, no. That. Heavily produced meaning the sounds of Gotham. Yeah, not like how some people are heavily made up and they don't look good. Like, yeah. oh, throttle back. Well, I just put a little on for the 300th episode. I Fuck know. you. you I was going to say, you put no makeup on. So. I know. Your cheeks look red. They're Thank nice. you very much. <laughs> Good uh, for Goyer. Yeah, he gets so richer. David Goyer, one of the richest geeks in the world, isn't he? 
Indeed. And you know what, kids? I'm not taking anything away from David Goyer's talented man. But you know where David Goyer's superpower is? He read a bunch of things that he liked, and then he carried them into adulthood, and he makes grown-up versions of them. Anybody can do that, including you. You could be David Goyer. Oh, Boyer. <laughs> Never forget that. Next. They're like, how come you ain't him then? I'm like, well, because I don't know. I want to be because I'd like not to be. Yeah, I want to be Kevin Smith. I made the wrong choice. Why are we at the gas and sip at two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, choice, By man. Choice. Like choice. <laughs> you guys know so much about girls. Why are you like here at a gas and sip at like nine o'clock on a Friday night? Choice, man. Well done. Thank you. It's a good movie. You make me want to watch that flick. I haven't seen that in a while. There you go. I don't know if I can, though. Honestly, I say that every time I leave here, and very rarely, I would say three out of ten times do I actually watch the thing where I'm like, ooh, I'm going to watch that. And when I do, it's satisfying. Yeah. But sometimes I get home and I go to like rewatch something I've watched, I don't know, a hundred times, mm. and I'm like, can't do it again. No. We live in a world of choice, and there always feels like there's something I have to catch up on. I still haven't watched uh, Legion, and they're done. Oh, yeah. Jamie gave me the whole fucking thing on Blu-ray and stuff. I got no excuse not to watch it. And still, I, you know what I just started watching two weeks ago? <laughs> well, I, I am drunk because I'm getting loud. I'm like, hey, hey, you. You're like, I can hear you. Hey, neighbor. You know what I'm watching? <laughs> hey. Um, Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Did you now? Have you ever watched it? I've never watched it. It's funny. It's yeah. like, and what it, more than it being funny, it's, it's, you know, there's some funny stuff in it, but it's not like, ah, ah, ah. They're literally making a fucking show. Like, it's a show that you're engrossed in. We're like, I hope this horse finds happiness. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and he's like, it's, it's about people. It's like really well done. I show. hope this horse finds happiness. It took me a while. They're done. They've done six seasons. They're mm. finished. And I'm just jumping on the fucking train now and shit. So, you know, what? now you can ride so at your own pace. You ride at your own pace, man. That's true. That's you want to do nine in a day? Fucking do nine in a day. Remember there was a time you could see it all? Remember there was a time you could literally, like, I've watched all my shows. Mm. Like Those I'm done. Days are gone. Yeah. Like my VHS, my two VHS tapes that I use to tape all the things I like, mm -hmm. they're now empty, ready for new shit. You'll never catch up again. You're always going to be losing the race to watch all the media there is to watch. And some would argue that that's not losing. You're winning if you can't watch all the entertainment made because that means you're probably out there living a life rather than watching fake people live theirs. Mm. But I would argue that an interest in fake people leading their lives has led me to a real life where I write about fake people leading their lives and then talk about them on a podcast with this guy Hi. 300 times in a row. Let's do it. So there's no right. There's no wrong. Do what feels good. Just don't do it in public in front of people unless you've got a napkin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or, uh, or unless you've rented out the whole theater. <laughs> Unless you've got a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You got to clean up. Catch it. Don't be an animal. <laughs> Next. Next. That uh, joke sponsored by <laughs> Bud Light Seltzer. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by alcohol. No cum joke too low for Bud Light Seltzer. <laughs> Who else is uh, making shit that we're not? This is always part of the show I can't stand because I'm like, Boy, everyone's busy except us. How come we're never in the news? How come we're never? Well, um, remember we had one Ms. Marvel on the television? Uh, just on, recently. We were talking recently. to Ms. Marvel herself because she was in the video game, The Avengers. Absolutely. Um, and she was literally like the only Ms. Marvel in the world. Now there's another one. What? The rain in Marvels. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. A uh, couple of Ms. Marvels. They're making Ms. Marvel for this TV show, Ms. Marvel. Indeed. For and the they Disney finally Plus. cast her. They did. Her name is Iman Villani. Um, she's Canadian. There she is. Look at her. She's adorable. What'd you say? She's what? She's Canadian. She's a Canadian girl. She's a Canadian girl. I support that. 
I know you do. Great it's country. Literally the only reason I put it in there because I knew that you'd like that. Thank you. I'm a big, for those that are like, why should Kevin Smith from Jersey give a shit? Because uh, I love Canada. I think Canada is an amazing country. They get it right. They're, uh, I'm not saying they're better in America or anything like that. You can draw that conclusion for yourself. But I think they're a hell of a fucking country. And, yeah. uh, and the neighbor I respect and admire and like to go hang out with. You know, you grew up to next to some people. Like, I don't like my neighbors. I like my neighbors. I, so much so that I want to go up there. And recently, and somebody's like, you can't. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, you, you'd have to quarantine for two weeks. And I was like, all right, well, I'm willing to do that. And they're like, you still can't go because you have no reason to go. Like, you're not a diplomat. You're not fucking resident and all that shit. You're not shooting a television show yet. And I'm not shooting a television show. For the first time in my fucking 50 years in this goddamn best of all possible world, somebody told me I couldn't go to Canada. Mm-hmm. Who do we blame for this, Mark? Well, not this. I'll tell you that much. This is taking me yeah. to Canada right now. And I think, you know, a, a thing that, that I'm not sure if you've discovered this yet about uh, Kamala Khan, but she's going to be played by a Canadian a character who's based in New Jersey. That's true. Oh my God. Why aren't I working on the show? You know, because like, you're not a little girl or a woman. <laughs> yeah. Okay, or, you know, Pakistani. That's true. <laughs> I don't have any of the boxes checked on this one. They're like, it'd be best if you just watch this show. Yeah, it's like, I got a beard. Well, yeah, well, I got this and I'm ready to watch this show. <laughs> um, good for her and good for the show. I can't wait to fucking watch this shit. Look, more Marvel TV shows. And I say that only having seen the WandaVision trailer. <laughs> so I'm, I, they cannot fuck that up. That shit looks brilliant. And I think about it all the time because I think about how by the end of it, mm. she's probably going to be like, I'd like to not be alone, please. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So cool. Uh, our last I showed my story. wife that trailer. I was like, you got to watch this. She's like, what is it? I was like, you like her as an actress, and he's a great actor, so you got to watch it. She said, what is it? I was like, it's WandaVision. She goes, I don't know. What is that? I was like, well, she played the Scarlet Witch. She's like, I'm out. I'm like, you fucking watch this. <laughs> and I made her watch it with me, and she was like, that does look pretty good. Yeah. And that's from somebody who is, like, not into this shit at no. all. No. No, no. From just what that, I know just, of Jen. Yeah, and he does know a lot. Think about this. Think about me. Think about how much I talk about this shit. Yeah. My wife doesn't like it. Do you know how frustrating that is for me? That's why I come here and do it. Because I can't do it at home. I can't be like, oh my God, do you know who they cast as, uh, as Kamala Khan or Kamala Khan? And she's like, the vice president needs to be cast? She's like, I don't give a flying fuck about your fantasy world. <laughs> and I'm like, All right. That's why I drink, Jen. Yeah, I was like, then I'm going to crack open another one of these because she understands. You don't give a fuck about fantasy? Booze. <laughs> you get it. Booze and weed. Hey, hey baby, how you doing? Club, club, she club. fills me up, Jen. <laughs> you don't. She does. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me confidence and energy. Jennifer slams herself into our bedroom and listens to the latest Vin Diesel track. He's like, <laughs> oh, be on, uh, oh, yeah, I'm a song. Uh, maybe talking about the song. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to it. My girl wants I, I, I heard a piece of that song and I actually thought it was not bad, but they showed footage of like, I guess, Rachel Ray's audience and they were all video monitors. Everyone's like, and then maybe it really turned me off. Yeah. It's like, this is what you listen to in the Phantom Zone. Like this shitty pop. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, no, I have to dance or I will die. I got to watch it without that footage. I think I might actually enjoy it. But with that footage, I was like, this is unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Is that how people enjoy music? Like, do you, when you listen to music, are you ever like, <laughs> Don't you, can't, you, can't you just appreciate shit? Like just doing this? Yeah. Or just a little like, you know. Whatever. Or this, some of this. There you go. Our last story. 
This is it. Last story of episode 300, ladies and gentlemen. You, Fucking you, grab your socks and hose and pull. Go. You, you tease it up top. Did we? Well, you mentioned the Flash movie. Oh, yeah, we talked about it. Yes. Billy Crudup is joining the Flash movie again. What? Pre himself? Indeed. I like Crudup, man. Dr. Manhattan. OG Dr. Manhattan. The OG Dr. Manhattan. Um, he was attached to the Flash four years ago. Yeah, as, as Barry Allen himself, and he's in Justice League, right? Doesn't uh, Barry go to see him in Justice League, and mm -hmm. and he pops up? Is that Justice League or is it Batman v Superman? Batman v Superman, I think. They're all blur. Pretty much. one of the movies he met his dad or saw his dad. Mm -hmm. So now his dad's coming back. Now his dad's coming back. Um, Billy Crudup's like, uh, hey, everyone likes this movie again. I'm in. Okay, cool. I'll come back. And he's a Snyder guy. A guy. He was with him on Watchmen. He was with him on this. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so he's cut. He's uh, Snyder cut. Big Snyder cut. Who? Billy, Billy, Billy Crudup. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even spit it up. But Billy, Billy, Billy Crudup. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Billy, 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 Billy Crudup. He's a really good actor, man. I did. Did you see the morning show? I never watched the morning show. He was on that. Yeah. Him. Billy Crudup, yeah. I thought it wasn't him. I thought it was the... Well, Steve Carell is playing Matt Lauer, basically. But yeah, and then there was another guy, but I thought the guy was one of those two brothers that's always in One shit. of the Duplass brothers? Yeah. No, there is a Duplass brother, but there's also a Billy Crudup. Crudup was in it? Yeah. I didn't get past the first episode. You? No, I didn't even start the first episode, but I hear it's good. Didn't get past the first episode. Not mm. because it wasn't... I, would, I wouldn't say quote-unquote good, but just didn't grab me. But if I'd known Crudup... Was in the deep dive. Crudup comes in long and strong. I would have took off my shirt, got in there, and did some hearty fucking because I like Crudup. <gasps> Fuck yeah! I believe in Billy Crudup. Filled with these still he's, he's waters for Crudup. I'm a golden god. Yeah, remember? <laughs> yes, he was so he had such a good heart in that movie. Such a great performance. I dig music. <laughs> I dig music. All right, so he's back in the flesh. This Flash movie. Sounds like it's everything. It, it's got all the Batmans. Well, almost. I saw another report. Well, I don't know how true it is, where people were saying, like, uh, Christian Bale was like, I might do it if somebody stays out of my fucking life. <laughs> Courtesy of Ralph Grant. Ford versus Ferrari versus Batman. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready for this Flash movie. I think it's the smartest thing in the world they're doing is packing it full of shit, man. Yeah. And then rebooting their universe. They're, they're not waiting for like, well, maybe in three movies you'll want to watch it. Nope. No way. They're like, fucking, let's everything. do, you know, honestly, what they're doing is like, let's do what Aquaman did. Let's literally put nine movies into one movie. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Like, you could have got a whole movie out of fucking Black Manta. You got a whole movie out of Ocean Master. And these cats were like, I don't know if we're ever going to get that chance. Let's put everything but the kitchen sink, including a drum playing octopus, into this fucking <laughs> flick. And they were rewarded with a billion dollars mm -hmm. and they're making another one. What does that tell you, kids? Put it all in. Yeah, just there's no such thing as moderation. Mm -mm. Just do it all. Do it now. Not anymore, especially now. Are you kidding me? What the fuck is going to make people go back to movie theaters? That Flash movie? That will make a motherfucker go back to movie theaters. They're like, what? 19 Batmans? <laughs> 28 Flashes and 8 Wonder Womans? Fuck, I'm there. And a partridge in a whole pear tree? <laughs> Remember back in the day, they were like, oh, these superhero sequels, like they needed a penguin and a cat woman for Batman 2. Now they're like, we're putting in every character ever invented <laughs> in Flash 1. Because yeah. we're terrified people aren't going to come see it. I know. It, it took Marvel 18 movies to get to 400 characters on the screen. We're going to do it in one. Yeah. We're like, we learned our lesson. We're not going to do what we did last time. So here's a movie with a bunch of characters. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's do it live. 
Um, but I'm on board. They'll get my money. God bless them all. All right, we're done with questions? We're, we're done with news. Fuck Not- that part of the show. We're now just <laughs> drunk enough, ladies and gentlemen, to go head on with you, the home viewer. JC, how here has been the uh, chatter thus far? Uh, chat's been good. We had a couple of fun comments I'll share, or sweet comments, I should say. Oh. Uh, Gary Smith said... Gary Smith, my old man. <laughs> back uh, at the beginning of the show, um, he said, it's not the commentary on other people's news. It's the relationship between you two guys that's the draw. Of the oh, show. look at that. Gary. They like us. They really like us. Gary wants and, to get uh, into Sophia said, us. when you get to a certain age, you're not a nerd. You're a connoisseur. With Ooh. regards to you guys talking about nerd stuff. Ooh. Excellent point, Sophia. We Maybe. are, uh, well, they, we curate the news here. Uh, We're sommeliers, as Mark said earlier. Bien sûr, Sophia. Merci bien. Um, all right. This is everyone's favorite part of the show. They love to ask questions and they love We're, to see us fucking dance over the fire like Aunt Harriet. We're doing 300 tonight, right? 300 questions. 300, 300. questions to celebrate our 300. Um, three, I believe, is what we're doing to celebrate 300. <laughs> One for every 100 episodes. Uh, how many? Uh, you got a question, JC? I've got some questions. All right, man. Hit us. Uh, JC, you- right there. You see him on the camera proprietor of this here establishment um which as you could tell by the lack of people in it has been affected by fucking covid and stuff like that and yet comes and opens up so we can do the show here as we did back when it was a normal fucking world man Mm. he is laboring to make you feel like everything's a-okay and he's doing it Without a mask. Put your fucking mask on. <laughs> Out of the kindness of his heart. He's a good dude. Give it up for JC, the owner of this place. JC, 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 JC. All right, JC. All right. Give us our questions. Uh, Neil is interested in knowing if you had to choose three henchmen to help you in your conquest of the world, who would you choose? Now, henchmen meaning like three randos who I put matching sweatshirts on <laughs> or three supervillains? I think supervillains. I mean, henchmen, <coughs> you'd just go with like villain number one from batman well right away if you then you guys don't know supervillains because if i start throwing around this henchman term to king shark he's gonna be like what are you fucking nuts i'm not a henchman i am the bad guy you're a fucking henchman so you gotta be careful how you say it if i'm picking <laughs> you gotta be careful how you say it there's no lobby like yeah. you gotta maybe be it's better not supervillains maybe it's like bob from batman 89 Ooh. Like, not the actual like big boss but like kind of second basically man yeah you're number twos your sidekicks you go. You lead. Uh, I got I got three to take over the world. Um, Watson. Um, Cato. Nice. Excellent poll. Fuck. And Tonto. I don't, I don't know if you're answering the question as much as you're looking for friends. <laughs> You're like these are the people hey, I wish hey. I was buddies with. Well, I'm looking for like a, a, a crazy smart war doctor. I'm looking for a tracker, and I'm looking for a a physical combatant ninja. Hmm. Um, All right, I think I got. It. I mean, I could probably also use like some cosmic level power. And I was going to say, like, how about throwing Magneto into that bunch? Yeah, but but he's your he's your villain. Like you need the the number two dude who's below, but still like. All right, then Toad. Because you know what happens get to me, a Toad me, when get... lightning strikes. <laughs> Same thing that happens to everybody. Else. Give me, give me Wong from Doctor Strange. That was going to be my pick. You can't pick nine. <laughs> I was also going to pick Wong because he can whip up some magic. He can do some like good that. magic. Shit. Um, let's see. Technically, Vader is a sidekick. 
Excellent point. He was in Star Wars. Just saying. He's yours if you want. I'll take him. I I'll take Darth Vader as my sidekick. He's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just like he did in Star Wars. No! What? <laughs> He'll have two reactions. What? And no! <laughs> but still, sidekick it is. I'd be like, dude, choke him from across the room. He's like, I do a lot more than that. Fuck you. Fuck, Clint. What else? I was a little boy and I was stolen from the desert. <laughs> I was a little slave boy who learned how to pod race and I got to be big, 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 big. My mom was killed by Tuscan Raiders, so I killed all of them. That's a dude you want on your side. Guy who could go in and kill Tuscan Raider children. Mm. Uh, you know who else I choose? Huh. Bellatrix LaCroix. You know why? Ooh. She killed Dobby. That's a hard-hearted fucking villain. <laughs> you know how fucking evil you got to be to stab Dobby in a heart? That's metal. I'll take her. I feel like your, your team is going to outclass my team. Well, we're good, certainly going to be powerful. Mm. And Jaws. No, he's a main <laughs> character. <laughs> I've always wanted to be friends with him. But he's got limitations, so I need somebody more powerful. He's always got to be water. Yeah, He's not good for the... He's not a land shark. All right, look. Lucifer is the lord of hell, so you can't take him. Correct. But you can take a lower, lesser demon, right? You can take Mazikeen. Or, well, fuck her. She's got half a face and shit. What kind of power she got? Have you seen the show, though? She's hot in the show. Come on. <laughs> I got a wife. I'm not looking for hot. I'm looking for all-conquering power. Um, she's also powerful, but not half a face. I say Beelzebub. Beelzebub. The Lord man. of fucking flies, man. He's on your side, number one. Look, you see how many flies it took for us to get past getting in this fucking door? Imagine if that guy had all the flies in the world. He could stop traffic left and right. There you go, man. Darth Vader. Fucking Beelzebub and Bellatrix LaCroix. Nice. That, that's a good team. Not bad, right? I, I like mean, it, it's a bad team is what it is. I feel like your team kicks my team's ass because I was going too slow, too low in the front end. We weren't. We weren't. It wasn't a fight. But right. I survive and you die. Yes. You're dying next to Wong like, and shit going, why didn't I choose the lady who stabbed <laughs> Dobby? Did you need me to bring you more? <laughs> um, that was a good question. Yeah. Right on. That wins a prize. Oh, nobody's here. We're keeping the prize. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to add like salacious crumb also just to keep it light. Somebody like a like a, look. If we're adding little sidekick animals and shit, I choose uh, one of them shitty cats from a Disney cartoon. They always got fucking puss on their face. <laughs> the Aristocats, <laughs> not one of the mean ones, man. <laughs> one of the cats that are mean. They're like, I'm gonna kill the fucking goldfish that are heroes of this fuck. Whatever, fuck. Just one of the hyenas from Lion King. Yeah, give me them. I'll give take some hyenas, man. Whoopi. Couple of them hyenas. <laughs> the Cheech and Whoopi one. Who was the third one? Uh, I don't remember. Probably some British character actor was like, "Hey, I was." Oh, he didn't say anything. He was like, <laughs> "Like they talked," and he didn't. Right. right. He was the silent Bob. And shit. Or like oh. the weasels from Roger Rabbit would be good, right? Holy fuck! You know what I could do with an army of them weasels and shit. But Certainly. then Salacious Crumb would keep making them laugh, and then they die. And Salacious Crumb didn't really add anything other than like, I mean, he tore three PO's eyes out. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's kind of psychotic too. <laughs> Like, look at this fucking thing. That rat creature's eating the fucking robot's eyes. I don't have a soul. I'll take yours. The eyes are windows to the soul. I I'm want eating it. your vision. <laughs> God, what an evil bastard. You're right. Yeah, well maybe You could always whip him at the fucking, like, cannon fodder. Throw him across the room. He lands on a fucker and eats their eyeball. Like a, like a speedball special, like, from X-Men. Like fastball special. Yes. Fastball special, yeah. Phew. Alley oop. As, yeah, uh, Speedball Rocky Special Bulls was a John Belushi. Yeah, <laughs> that killed him. <laughs> we don't want one of those. Um, all right, next question. All right. John Belushi, did you see the trailer for the Showtime the doc? No. Fucking good. Yeah? yeah, there's not enough Belushi stuff out there. More, no. man. We're about to see a pretty good looking doc, it looks like. All right, 
Over All here. right. Uh, Chelsea Mills has been paying attention. Chelsea! Chelsea! Her question is, who does Kevin and Mark think would be a good DoorDash driver from any comic universe? Wow. Ooh, wow. Synergy. Um, I give it to Kato and the Black Beauty. Okay. He's getting it anywhere, man. Can't do Batman and the Batmobile because he'd be like, I'm busy fighting crime. You think I'm really going to fucking deliver food? But Kato's like, look, we're not really crime fighters. We're super rich. We got to do that. The fuck else are we doing? Yeah, really. When I'm not pretending to be a criminal, I can pretend to deliver DoorDash. Nice. I say Kato and the Black Beauty because ain't nothing get between you and your fucking food. Because they got missiles, they got stinger rays, they got whoa, 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 sonics and shit mm -hmm. like that. Plus, it's super fast. They don't obey the fucking laws or cops. Kato is your delivery driver for DoorDash. Go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go. Oh, my God. The Mach 5. The Mach 5. Delivering your food. Get that weak shit off my track. Here's and, your fucking food. And if he's ever, like, in, like encounters a little resistance, fucking Racer X shows up to clear his path. It's a team. It's a DoorDash team. Do Speed Racer sponsored by DoorDash. I like it. It's a fucking racing endorsement. We also would have accepted Ghost Rider. <laughs> He Although, actually gets around a lot quicker on a motorcycle. Andrew, does. who do you got? Jim who? Uh, Jim Cummings, the third hyena from the Lion King. Jim Cummings was the third, but oh. he didn't talk, right? He just giggled a lot and shit. So Winnie the Pooh was the third boy. Is that right? Winnie the Pooh yeah. was the third fucking hyena? Wow. Jim Cummings does Winnie the Pooh and Tigger? And he did the third hyena, Ed? Oh. Wow, oh, man, we're learning some shit. We're learning some shit. I feel like Goat's Rider. Oh, bother. Also. Same guy that did Oh, Bother does. <laughs> that guy? <laughs> it could be you now. I know. Because you just did them both. I wasn't fast enough. You, mine was very stalled. <laughs> he does it fast. Like, <laughs> can't do it. Now yeah. I'm trying too hard. I feel like Ghost Rider would also ensure that the food gets there hot. Absolutely true. You just keep it above the fucking wheel. Yeah. I think we got this. We did it. Thank Excellent you. question. My Next. pick would be Peter Parker from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 because we saw that's him true. deliver pizzas. That's true. Excellent mm. point, man. Peter Parker. He's got a city to save, though. He can't be delivering food all the totally. time. And also, like, can your pizza be reliably, like, coherent when it arrives? <clears throat> Peter Parker's swinging through fucking town, whipping it at your house. It's slamming from side to side. Yeah, it's just a big wad of fucking cheese. You Meanwhile, fucking the Black Beauty's got, like, one of those boxes, of hot boxes that it sticks yeah, your food into. Yeah, it does. I'll take it. I'll take whoever gets there. I like JC's answer too, but I think we nailed that one. Great yeah. question. Thanks, Chelsea. All right. That Let's... wasn't a Chelsea. That was a Chel Ocean. Which is better? A bigger sea or an ocean? Uh, oceans are bigger. Chel Ocean, I say. Cello. Chel Ocean. Che. You got to rub in that Chel Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, final question of the evening. All right, this episode is from, 300, all that's standing between me and some veggie grill. This is from... Which uh, I need, because I'm fucking shit-faced. <laughs> uh, this is from Shiloh Store. Shiloh? Shiloh. If Kevin and Mark had to make a movie from one of the ideas they've had during the 300 episodes of the show, what would it be? So every episode, you guys throw out great <laughs> ideas that J.J. Abrams steals. Yeah. What yeah. would you guys do? Mark's Cinderella episode. Mm. I thought was so fucking smart and original and shit. All right, we'll do, do that. that in a heartbeat. Let's do it. Dear Netflix, we have a pitch for you 
listen to this. We gave it away months ago on a podcast, but I'm sure <laughs> nobody's doing it. Nope. When that shows up, we're suing. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I, I would have liked to have, uh, I still would like to see the version of Rogue One that we had pitched. Yeah, what was that? It was a better version. It was where um, it turns out that Jin Erso was the TIE fighter pilot who spins out Darth Vader at the what? end. Yeah. What? Right before Vader goes, what? Yeah, so that's the reason why she was wearing the black suit in the trailers. That's that's the the end of her run. Is If she's never making another one, which she isn't anyway, right. let's let her go out in style. And she was gonna fucking shoot him. Right. But then fucking Han shows up and <laughs> blew her up. And yeah. she's like, God, she's blowing my spot. I was going to be the fucking, they put a medal on my ass. And instead, <laughs> she's killed in a friendly fire incident. Yes. Like an Han Solo war criminal. I like that. I, I forgot guess, about that. <laughs> they never really talk about that, though, right? Like Han swoops in and he shoots the TIE fighter. And by happenstance, the other guy gets flustered and knocks Vader. So Han isn't, Han miss. Like he hit Greedo, but he missed when it counted. The count, the shot he that mattered. He didn't hit. He got the, lucky. And there's no argument that he's like, well, I didn't know which one Vader was. All Tie Fighters look alike. It's like his looked different. Yeah, and you know that. Shoot the one in the middle, Han. Did yeah. you pay attention during the briefing? They're flanking him, you fucking idiot. Like <laughs> whatever, it all worked out. But give the dog the medal. Yeah, you're all clear, kid. Let's blow this thing and go home. Oh, we'll give the dog the medal. 30 years from now. Yeah. When maybe, the old when the other guy dies as an afterthought, we'll be like, here, here's a medal. Yeah, maybe those crates that he's loading into the Falcon are Coors beer <laughs> and not actually gold. And, and he, so he's just drunk off his skunk. And they're like, I shot him. He's galactically no. eastbound and down. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> we gotta deliver this Coors across the state. He is 100 the bandit. Smokey and the bandit. First in Atlanta. Um that answers that question. I think so. Oh, my God. Are we and done? we've done it. We've done it? 300 episodes? We've done 300 episodes. In the can? In the can. Well, that sounds way sexier than I meant to. Blast them in the can! Uh, holy shit, kids. You're going to get your Sunday back. You can get to go and enjoy some time with your family. If you're on the East Coast, you still got an hour before shit gets late. If you're on the West Coast, the world yeah. is your oyster. I mean, it's on fire and too hot. Yeah, yeah be careful. Wear a mask and don't breathe outside. But the world is your oyster. <laughs> uh, did you have a good time, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. We uh, we almost had guests. Reached so out close. to James Gunn. James Gunn was like, any other week, I'd be there in a heartbeat. He said, please yeah. ask me again. I any said, other week, I'd still say no. But this yeah. week, any other week I, was busy. I would not be into it. This week, I'm really not into it. Um, I reached out to Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. And then Mark texted me right before we went on the show and then i was like that's too soon and i was like you know what best way to celebrate just you and me go out like you went in yeah pretty leave much. with the girl that brought you and we're all drinking these so many of them. <laughs> this was a good time good time had by all good times and i see you're still working the same guinness well dude it's fucking guinness so man. it's like eating a cake it's like this is chicken soup for the soul but it's also <laughs> booze and for the fucking body and gullet oh, and shit it's, it's just it's so thick 
It's a loaf of beer. You could open that can and cut it like fucking cranberry sauce. <laughs> Eat it and slice. Oh, come on. So stop talking my love language. <laughs> Slicing cranberry sauce. I don't cotton for your like fancy Thanksgiving ass. is coming. I made cranberry sauce. Fuck you. It's in a can. It comes out a can. You put it in slices. If it isn't ribbed for my pleasure, then I don't fucking want to eat it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there it is. That's what he says to every dude right before he puts on a condom. Is that it ain't ribbed for my pleasure. I ain't eating it. Nope. My favorite thing this weekend Dale, tell me. was a couple days back, George, yeah. George Takei, American treasure, yes, Mr. Went, Sulu himself. went on the internet and said, you know what would be great? TikTok kids and BTS fans and K-pop stands is if we went on Twitter and tweeted out pictures of men kissing men, of, uh, of, of the gayest things you can imagine, and hashtag it proud boys no so that every time you click on the proud boys hashtag you will just see nothing but glorious pictures of men in love with each other proud and boys it worked did it really this weekend was proud boys weekend and it was the most wonderful thing on the internet a lot of fucking like <clears throat> it was just so much love just like you know the the two dudes recreating that world war ii v-day kiss in the middle of Times square mm -hmm. and pride parades and rainbows and unicorns and Platform shoes and boas. There's hope yet. There's love out there in the as world. As long as Mr. Sulu lives, there's always just always hope. Wrap that dude in fucking bubble wrap and don't let anything happen to him. He's a treasure. Very as are so. you. We treasure you, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us here. Thank you for trending proud boys as a bunch of pictures of gay dudes. I'm going to go home and look at it right now and jerk off. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that information, Mark. Thanks. And if my wife walks saw. in, she'll be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking at Nazis. <laughs> yes. I'm a proud boy, too. <laughs> but in reality, I'm like, look at these hot proud boys. <laughs> oh, my God. These proud boys are getting off on each other. This is tremendous. Um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being here. 300 fucking episodes. 300 more to go. Another 300 after that. And then when we're dead and gone, someone will be standing here doing it for us rebooting it yes over and over and over <laughs> again um there would be no 300 of anything were it not for the guy standing uh to the left of me give it up for mr mark bernard thank you mr smith too kind and, and so that oh you know what we also wouldn't have a show without the dude in the back who you never get to see give it up for andrew ladies and gentlemen give it up for the guy who owns this here establishment right there you always get to see him Give it up for JC, yeah. ladies Give and Give it up for Jordan, who always makes this show happen. Jordan at home always makes this happen, tells us when to go, what to do, pays bills and stuff like that. Thank you for making this a possibility. Thank you particularly to the audience who shows up and watches this show. Otherwise, we'd have no point in doing it and stuff. And thank you to you for inviting me on this crazy madcap ride with you, my friend. Why, thank you for accepting, my friend. Mm. We get to do this every week, talk about cool shit. Oh. Put it on the glass. You have been and shall always be my friend. Remember the fucking point in the movie where he's like. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Fat Man Beyond, the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Thanks for being here. For Fat Man Beyond, I'm Kevin Smith. Mark Bernard. Tune in next time. Same fat time. Same fat channels. Modcast.com or ship out of danger. <laughs> Funniest part of Star Trek 2. You're a scene that shouldn't be funny at all. <laughs>
YouTube.com slash Kevin Smith. Goodbye. Goodbye. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>